Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Steel Magnolias. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot may be spoiled for you. Enjoy. It's a Patty Johnston. So, I heard that a um, a bounty hunter stole a car from a time traveling professor. Did you hear this? Is this some kind of terrible joke about the DeLorean and a man? It was the man's DeLorean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> so that's what you tuned in to talk to me for. That's right? exactly it. I wanted to hear a joke about mandalorian so you've been watching mandalorian i've still only seen the first episode you've still only seen the first i haven't seen anything this is this is just the general rule with me i haven't seen anything like the oscars right they've released the the nominations for the oscars i haven't seen any of them although actually maybe i actually have which is more than some years i've seen jojo rabbit that's one i've seen a few i've seen some of them i'm waiting for parasite to make it over here Oh yeah, that's um, our, our main man, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, our main man, <laughs> big, 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 yeah, big friend that, of the podcast. He's very good. Um, uh, yeah, a great, great filmmaker, and um, yeah, I've I've somehow managed to avoid any spoilers for it, even though it came out in the states, however many months ago, um, and it's it's now tantalizingly close to its UK release. So yeah, really looking forward to seeing that. And there's a film about cars. Fast cars. <laughs> yeah, uh Disney Pixar's cars. Yeah. Which is finally getting the recognition it deserves. <laughs> yeah, however many years later they made a uh <laughs> they made a, a change in policy to allow for um a film Disney's that came out what, fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah. To be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, what if you know, I've been campaigning for Lightning McQueen to win Best Actor for some time. Yeah, know. exactly, exactly. Then you've got Sad Clown Man. Yep. Which has been pipped to win everything. Tipped to win everything. Yeah. He's he's a clown, but he's a sad clown. Which he's makes a it sad, even angry clown. Because yeah. clowns are supposed to be funny. It's not funny. Exactly. This is a, the, the laughter's died Yeah, in in the hands of a sad clown. You know what they say, when you grow up, your heart dies. Every time an adult dies, a clown also dies. Yep, and an angel gets its wings. <laughs> a clown angel. Yeah. You just it's the one thing they didn't tell you about um the Archangel Gabriel when he descended was that he had giant fucking shoes on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, Massive. Yeah. Like Doc Doc Martens. <laughs> yeah. And honked his nose. He actually arrived in a very small car. And then 20 angels got out of it, and he was the last one to get out. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, like a mob mob scenario. A mob scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's your favourite angel? Um, well, I don't know. There's Apart from Gabriel, I can't think of any. Maybe. There's got to be. There's got to be others, isn't there? Michael. Wasn't Michael an angel? Probably, yeah. No, my favourite angel is Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. He's a good angel. You don't even realise he's an angel. He's not wearing the big Doc, Doc Martin boots, is he? He's just like he's just an ordinary guy. He's humble. 
He's keeping yeah, it exactly. Real. My favorite angel, Angel from Buffy. Oh, that's uh, a, yeah. that's a handsome yeah. man in a trench coat. But not from Angel. One. The spin-off. No. As funnily enough, we were, I was talking with somebody about um Angel the the show. Um and how its first series was actually quite strong, but then it just dropped off very dramatically after that. Yeah. It's a shame. I wonder I wonder how Buffy holds up. I think it was one to be one of those shows that would hold up really well. Funnily enough, yeah. I was talking to someone today about Glee. And it's been did you ever watch Glee back in the day? No, I had no time for And like I was I was really into it when it first came out, but I imagine watching it now, even probably less than ten years later, it probably actually wouldn't hold up very well. You know how I feel about people singing (laughs) (laughs) I know how you feel about people enjoying themselves on screen. Yeah, Yeah, how dare they? I know how you feel about popular music as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um there's also Raphael, isn't there? Speaking of angels, Raphael. All of the different, that? all of the different um, mutant ninja turtles. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Actually, started as angels. Then they were given a hip makeover. Yeah, they got swole. Yeah, and green. You got Azrael as well. He was a dude. Angel was... Hernandez, the worst umpire in baseball. Angel. <laughs> yeah. There's also Juan Pablo Angel, who was a footballer. Oh, yeah? Um, Are we counting them as angels? I think yeah, it's allowed. Yeah, I think so. And then there's Angel Has Fallen, the movie. I have definitely seen that. <laughs> uh, it is the third film in the Has Fallen <laughs> series. That's <laughs> the worst name for a trilogy ever. Um, there's Angel Has Fallen... You've got Olympus has fallen. Olympus that has was fallen. the first one. That's where the president's under attack. And Scunthorpe Jared, has fallen. Only Jared Butler can can stop it. <laughs> Honestly, that that's a film that sounds more like a film that we would make up than it, <laughs> than like a real film. Then you've got the sequel, London has fallen, uh, where the president's yeah. in London and then terrorists attack. And then there's Angel has fallen where I assume the president gets attacked by terrorists again. No, he gets attacked by angels, clearly. <laughs> but I think I think um, Angel might be like a code name or something like that. Is it the same president every time? Yeah, it's, it's President Morgan Freeman every time. Oh, right, okay. I feel um, like he'd make a good president, both and... on film and in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, he yeah, narrated I haven't... March of the Penguins, you know, he's a versatile guy. I haven't seen any of them. Um, what, because I, of the Penguins? Yeah, I don't care for penguins. <laughs> you know how I feel about whimsical animals as well. <laughs> Waddling yeah. around in the Antarctic. No, I, I have seen March of the Penguins. Did you know, I have a fact for you about March of the Penguins. Um, the It had that very fancy, very powerful score uh, in, in uh, English language releases. Um, but the French version which is the original version, the uh, music was by um, Emily Simon, who is an, oh, uh, right, a musical yeah. artist who I really love. Um, yeah, she's great. Sort of experimental pop stuff. And she did this incredible score for it. It was really interesting. What was it like? I thought you were going to say that, like, well, in the original French version, it was just like... Well, that's exactly what she did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was very similar to the rest of her On stuff. On the French so, um 
so so very lots of good hooks but also that experimentation with electronic music and things like that it's uh very good i didn't know it was originally french yeah yeah uh la marche de l'empereur ah. um because they're emperor penguins emperor penguins um, yeah and and she is doing the soundtrack to the spin-off sequel to um the big lebowski is there a spin-off sequel to the big lebowski yes do you, do you um, want to know something I've never seen you, the big Lebowski. <laughs> you've only seen the small Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've also seen the medium Lebowski. I've never made it to the the big Lebowski. I've only seen the medium rare Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It takes so. a certain stomach to to see the big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. You get that's where you you pay a little bit extra. Um but if you eat the whole thing then you get it for free yeah. and you get your name on a wall and a t-shirt. <laughs> I've never taken the big Lebowski challenge. It's like the ice bucket challenge. Everyone was doing it to raise money for charity. Yeah, they were they were walking around in their their dressing gowns. Yep, and calling themselves the dude. Yeah, talking about how it's your opinion, man. Yep, and then hanging out with Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, what else is there to life except that? Don't we all wish for the stage in our lives where we can just walk around in a dressing gown and hang out with bass guitarists? I mean, I don't particularly care for the music of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but Flea has actually had a very interesting life. We published his autobiography, the company that I work for, which is called Acid for the Children, which is a good name. That is a good and name. And I sort of flicked through it, and he had quite a difficult childhood. Where, like, uh, there was an anecdote about how his one time he like was just, I think, on his way home from school or something, and they all had like had to get down because there was a gunman in the neighborhood and then he eventually made it home after a really scary few hours and then it turned out the gunman was his stepdad. Oh, wow, okay. And then he was there when River Phoenix died. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so fair play to him. He also invented slap bass, so... He he did invent slap bass. Um, Fun fact for you about Flea, he voiced the feral kid in the Wild Thornberries. That's cool. Yeah, how great is that? Why not? It's it's amazing. Gotta love it. Yeah. It, Man, that show, that show was incredible. Did you watch The Wild Thornberrys? No, I've never seen it. You've never seen The Wild Thornberrys? No. Is it about Emily Thornberry and her children? <laughs> and how they're supporting her in her um, desire to become the leader of the Labour Party? That's exactly what it is. No, it's about this, um, this family of, they're like... Um, adventurers i guess um or uh they're um they're like uh like filmmakers they're, it's basically if um if david attenborough took his family with him everywhere he went right why doesn't he um, mean old bastard um and then it's a really it's a really good um sort of cast of people so the dad of the family nigel thornbury who is one of the funniest characters ever put to the tv screen is voiced by tim curry our main man tim curry does he mention yeah. space at all <laughs> i don't think so he's amazing i'll see if i can find like a mega mix of all of the best nigel thornbury moments um because uh because yeah it is it is really good um and then um the sort of lead character in it is um is played by Lacey uh, Chabert, who played Gretchen Wieners in um, uh, in uh, Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. And had a very, very distinguished um, voice acting career as well. Cool. 
This sounds like something I um, should see. So yeah, I can't believe you didn't watch it when you were. When a kid. was it? When was you... it on? So it was on in the nineties when we were growing yeah. up. I think I was too busy watching Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons. I watched you a were... lot of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons. You were uh, you were too cultured, I and think. And Chippendales Rescue Rangers, <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, so yeah, it aired in nineteen ninety eight. Oh well, oh that's that's, that's like uh, at that point I wasn't watching cartoons at that point. You were reading. I was reading Lord of the Rings and War and Peace and. Catcher in the Catcher Rye. Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that everyone was a phony. Yeah, you you were like, I'm too cool for cartoons. Especially the Wild Thornberries. Wild Thornberries. What a What's bunch that? of phonies. That's for children. I'm going to go listen to punk rock and hate everything. Because <laughs> nihilism's cool, yeah, when you're a 10 year old. I had a mohawk. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Imagine being 10 years old. It'd be so simple. I I often think about how great it would be if I could flash back in time with all of the knowledge I have now and just relive from from day one with a a mega brain of an adult. Galaxy brain. And just be like, one plus one, yeah, mate, I got this. But do you have to be in a baby's body? Yeah, you're still in a baby's body. Because that, that would probably be quite hard if you're in the baby's body, not really being able to do anything, not having any physical motor skills or anything, but knowing that you should be doing things. Yeah, but then by age two, you're starting to get to grips with it. So as long as you make it to age two still sane, then you're able to then become a a, a super, super baby, a super child. I think this is a movie that we need to make. Yeah, so the curious case of Benjamin Button kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Baby born that was definitely an adult once and realizes that. Kind of like Big or the Boss Baby, but better, better than Babolt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's directed. <laughs> it's it, it's because because it, this could go down two routes. It could go down the Benjamin Button route, or it could go down Super Genius Babies too route yeah no this, this needs we, to be a comedy need... surely this is like a look who's talking style thing no i i'm thinking we go super highbrow with this it's a really serious film all oh, right there's lots of shots of like the parents all weeping and talking about it and cry and crying and stuff the dad like throwing chairs against the wall but while sad like, string music wells up yeah you've got you've got sort of like those long pan shots um we'll give it to um we'll give it to denny villeneuve to do oh yeah, yeah. so it'll be three um, hours long ba- babolt and and it's a it begins with a, a a concept of this science experiment where they're trying to uh induce time travel but they they end up not actually transporting themselves back in time but just their consciousness back in time into their child bodies oh right and and then it goes down sort of like a boyhood route where it doesn't take 12 years to film because <laughs> it's not that fucking has, indulgent has Denny Villeneuve got 12 years to spare <laughs> <laughs> he'll just do it on the side when he's doing all the Dune films yeah but then yeah it, it sort of cuts through bits of time as these these two lovers who are these two scientist lovers end up back in there oh, they have to their find bodies. their way back to each other and they have to find their way back to each so other it's actually adults. essentially a love story against the sci-fi yeah, backdrop but 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 then you've got this whole concept of well they're reliving their lives so clearly they're going to try and do better than they did before yeah will that have knock-on ramifications for when they meet how they meet will they meet somebody else yeah will they actually that ask that girl out to the prom or whatever yeah, d- d- does he put enough time and effort into doing those awesome kickflips on the skateboard to impress the cool kids at school? Yeah, yeah. 
like all of that kind of stuff i guess if you you had that kind of knowledge as well you could probably like do you could then be involved in world events and stuff couldn't you because if you could predict stuff it's like you know going back in time to kill hitler that kind of thing exactly yeah so maybe one of them gets distracted by that kind of thing and then like there's maybe like he loses their relationship but then gets it back at the last minute yes precisely <clears throat> babolt who are going to be our leads in babolt then? well we need we need a charismatic baby obviously <laughs> no we're gonna go down the star wars route and we're gonna horrifically cgi oh, no. somebody's face <laughs> onto a baby yeah it's a bit a bit like cats <laughs> somewhere exactly, between cats exactly. and star wars the technology so, so exists it, now anyway so who who do you think would be the leads these two these two scientist lovers i don't know because you because you said denny villeneuve i thought about blade runner 2049 and now i'm thinking about ryan gosling can you imagine ryan gosling's face on a baby i feel like i've already <laughs> seen that somewhere on the internet i think so as well okay yeah so ryan gosling ryan gosling is one of these two scientists who's the other I reckon. I reckon it's a um, a gay love story as well. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac and Ryan uh, Gosling. Yeah, I'd go for that. See, a man with a beard's face on a baby. That just looks good. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you want. He has to have a um, big beard as well. Yeah, and then it's all about them sort of working their way through life again, but with all of their knowledge. And how much of it can they retain? What changes along the way? Do they find that by going down a different path, they're losing parts of their original identity? Yep. And can they find each other again at the end? And we can also heavily stylize it. You know, you can work your way through the 80s and the 90s and Stranger Things. It. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is a, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, this might be one of the best ideas we've ever had. I'd actually watch I this. I would watch this but, film. <laughs> I'd actually watch this film. Babolt. Hey, Whereas hey. I wouldn't watch Jellystorm. I Maybe would if, watch it Jelly on, Storm. if it was on, if I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd watch Jellystorm. Um, but yeah, Babolt. Babolt is this Oscar winner, 2023. Yeah, 2023. It's got Oscar Isaac written all over it. Yeah, Oscar Isaac gets his Oscars. Yeah, that's going to be the right. headline. Ryan Gosling is the golden goose of the show. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Babel, Denny Villeneuve, we know you're a fan. Yep. Get Once you're touch. done with June, get in Once touch. Once you're done with June. Very excited about June, by yeah. the way. Um, get in touch. We're going we're gonna to make a, a masterpiece here. Yep. This is going to be the film that... Because like highbrow, highbrow critics, they're not going to be interested in June. They're going to be like, what is this, like, sandworm shit? Sandworm? Yeah. Oh, Harkonnen. Yeah. What's Harkonnen it's at home? You nerds. They want to see Ryan Gosling awkwardly CGI'd onto a nine-year-old child. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't just stop with the baby. It's like every single age they are. It's literally just their yeah. head on that child's body. <laughs> or, or maybe <laughs> we do a Eternal Sunshine, you know, the scene where... Um, oh, where he's just, like, tiny the under the table. <laughs> It's just all. Ryan Gosling is just like in a pair of short, like shorts and a t-shirt that are too small for him, and he's crying. The whole thing is um, forced perspective the entire way through. <laughs> well, that worked really well in Cats, didn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a precedent yeah. for all this stuff now. Yeah, this this is going to happen. This is going to be our our greatest film. This is going to be the real thing yeah. that puts us among the the true greats of cinema. Ninety percent of the pre production is going to be the geometry of all the shots, like calculating where it needs to be to force the perspective on Ryan Gosling, Oscar Isaac. 
exactly like have you seen any of that footage of them making lord of the rings it's fascinating no. when you see the, the full perspective stuff yeah yeah because not not all of it's done with cgi which is why it works so well some of it is that kind of false perspective element yeah i knew um, that they did that but like you can't i don't think you can even really tell can you no no it's it's the same with elf you know when um will ferrell is um elf, being elf, elf is so good we didn't Pole. even watch it this christmas because someone else in this house hates it <sighs> i watched it this christmas i'm sure you did it's so good um but yeah all the bits where he's an elf at the north pole that's all forced perspective yeah um gotta love it gotta love it it's great um so you know what's not got a a baby ryan gosling in it (laughs) no but it does have a baby in it it does have a baby in it but no 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 awkward cgi babies Uh, steel magnolias yeah (laughs) this week's film from 1989 yes um aka the movie where people sit around in a hair salon talking yeah in louisiana in the 80s but it's one of those films where because it's a small town it looks like the 50s and it's very happy to make it look that way yes yeah um so this is a film i'd not seen this before i don't think i I think i I had not either no I knew the name, but I didn't know the film. We we came um, to this because we watched that documentary that was on over Christmas about Dolly Parton. Did you see that? Um, no, I didn't watch it, but I heard good things it about it. It was really good and really interesting. And there was stuff with like experts on her music talking about it and then her talking about stuff. And it kind of went through a bunch of her songs and explained how they came to be. And some of her lesser known songs, which have really incredible lyrics and stuff. And she's just an absolute icon, as we discussed when we covered the film Dumpling. But that yes, was how we came yeah. to this, because this um, documentary covered her film career, which we didn't really know that much about. I knew that kind of nine to five existed. But I, what I assumed was that she had done the song. It had been a hit and they'd, they'd been like cheesily been like, oh, let's like make a, a rubbish film off the back of that. But no, that is not what happened. Do you know what happened? What happened? So, she, well, she was cast in this film. I think she just somehow wanted to get into film acting or something. She was cast in this film, and it was just completely separate from anything. Like, and then one day on set, she was like, she started just writing the song, and she didn't even have any instruments or anything. But she was just like tapping the rhythm on her knuckles and singing it to herself. And she went up to her co-stars and just started like singing it to them, and they were like, "Wow, that's the most incredible song I've ever heard." And then that became the theme for the for the film. Well, she just oh, wrote okay. it on the set, like just using her knuckles. That, that's how I write every song. Yeah, knuckles. On my knuckles. Knuckles on a film set. Nickel, you. Yeah. It's why I haven't written a song in so long. <laughs> no, it's because I'm yeah. not allowed back on any film sets. I keep getting thrown Yeah, out. all of the major studios, like your face is up on the wall. Like, um, you know, like, <laughs> like in bars, they've got the driving license pictures of people who are, who are banned from them. They've got yours yeah. up on the walls of all the major studios. <laughs> yes, do not let... Do not let yeah. this man in. He will sing songs at you. He was not, you were on the set of The Phantom Menace with your knuckles there, just going, yeah. Do, 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 do. Cut! <laughs> it's like, stop it. Someone get that kid out of here. Someone get that kid out of here. Um, but yeah, so this film is, I don't know. Did you enjoy it? I don't really know. There was something warming about it and something nice about it and something emotional about it but i don't know if i wasn't bored by it at the same time yeah it's it's a little bit long i i really enjoyed it so 
I think I wasn't sure what I was expecting, but I was really pleasantly surprised by how sharp the dialogue was and how good a lot of the performances were and how emotional the story was. And all that comes from the fact that the um, so the guy who wrote it, Robert Harling, it's based on his play of the same name. And then he wrote that based on his real life experience of basically what happened to Julia Roberts's character and it pretty much happened to his sister. So it, it comes from that very emotional place. But I was amazed that he'd managed to make it kind of so funny and in a way that works from from the stage to the screen as well. Especially it's a funny one to follow Cats because that was just something from the stage to the screen that does not work at all. Yes, and I, and I think you can tell that it's based on a play because of its focus on so many set locations. Yeah, um, but apparently the play only takes place in the hair salon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it kind of comes across in the in the movie doesn't it is you've got that and and those are the parts of the film that are the sharpest too is you've almost got this um this uh philosophical hub to this society and and to these friend these these friends and family um where they have this kind of place where they can truly have these conversations and those were the parts of the movie that were the most interesting to me um where all of this societal um challenges all revolved around this one location it's like oh that's a really neat um way to do it and and how they can have those difficult conversations within that kind of setup yeah that way of anchoring things to certain locations and to certain events as well is a, is a really great way to tell stories that actually you you don't necessarily always see done in that very very obvious way um, but it really, really works because the characters are all anchored really perfectly to those places and situations as well. Yes, and and the characters themselves are very well put together, and the performances are great too. Um, so you know, Sally Field is wonderful. Uh, Dolly Parton. I thought Sally Field was absolutely outstanding. Yes, as yeah. the she was the standout for me. Obviously, Dolly Parton kind of always steals the show, but Sally Field as that kind of mother, the maternal figure. With the you know the two like feral sons running around and the dad shooting his gun, and yeah, like the way she had that that concern for her daughter's health that then became something else. But she, then the bit when eventually she kind of finally loses it and breaks down and she's yelling at her daughter after the funeral. That was just like oh, that was really powerful, and she delivered that just like tone perfect. Yes, yeah, for sure um but but um but everybody's great in this you know shirley mclean is is hilarious Ooh. um olympia dukakis we already love friend of the podcast <laughs> friend of the podcast she's wonderful um but he, but even down to the sort of more minor roles so like tom skerritt as the husband as sally field's husband is great yep. tom skerritt of course of alien fame mm-hmm. um of dylan that mustache Fame. of that mustache dylan mcdermott as well as as julia roberts's husband as the guy who um, looks a bit like david schwimmer and then you look at him and then you're like he's more handsome than david schwimmer and then he comes around in another scene and you're like oh actually maybe he's not he's more handsome than david schwimmer but also he's less trustworthy looking than david schwimmer at the same time yeah and he's he's had a good career out of that so he's in american horror story for instance in the first series of that um and uh and and yeah, he play he plays that sort of like line where he's very good at having those characters that sort of blur the lines between good and 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 bad. Um, and and his character in this as well, you can see the kind of the caring side, but also the immature side at the same time. Yeah, and and, and that works very well. And it's like the whole thing of it is that you don't want to think that they're immature. You want to think that they're just young people in love, and you want to think that they know what they're doing, especially with regard to having children and. 
um, her having diabetes and whatever, and Sally Field as the mother being the only person who seems to have any concerns, and you don't want her to be right, and then it turns out that she is, and that's it's so crushing. But at the same time, the film still manages to be uplifting. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it paints this picture of um, of real world tragedy, but it does it through the lens of both the positive and negative impacts that somebody's life has and 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 not just focusing on on the death but more on how that community comes to terms with that and and that's a very interesting thing to try and portray in in storytelling and i think it it does a good job of it yeah for sure that whole that whole idea of community is really really on display there and again i don't think there are many films either now or from the time that display the idea of community in that way because even though it's it's a it's a family drama essentially but the whole community becomes that family and it's no mean feat to to write that well on a film without it just seeing seeming kind of tacky and unbelievable and being like oh well that's not really that's not the real family but they do all just kind of feel like one big family and the way that that fits together is through the dialogue and the characterization which is really strong yes yeah exactly and <clears> and <throat> i don't know i think there's some there's some great stuff in this um around the character around the performances the the casting was pitch perfect i think um yeah. particularly particularly putting kevin o'connor in this you know <laughs> benny from the mummy series <laughs> wait there's a series well there was there was three wasn't there? oh no three, we talked about this haven't three we? mummy movies does, does the scorpion king count i wasn't counting the scorpion king but there are four mummy movies then and then there's got the new ones for or the new one. Oh, what the Tom Cruise? Yeah, one? that that doesn't the count. dark that's universe. A different, that's a different mummy. Oh, no, it's not. It's not the same money. Same mummy. I feel robbed. No, no. Someone it's eventually not, peeled off not, all of the toilet paper and revealed that there was nothing inside. It's not Imhotep, <laughs> mate. I love those movies. The Mummy movies. The first one was quite good. I don't think I've seen any of the others, but I have seen the Scorpion King. The first two are good fun. Um, after that, they they are not good. <laughs> including the Scorpion King is a very bad film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not they're, the Rock's they're... finest hour. And also, they're always on ITV two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you t- if you turn over to ITV two, you're always going to be watching Kindergarten Cop, Hot Fuzz, or one of the Mummy movies. <laughs> yeah, and that that's out of holiday season when you know you're, you're going to get one of the Harry Potters. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yes, so so I think I did have a few issues with this movie. Um, and I think it mainly comes down to the direction. I feel like the film's quite slow and I feel like yeah. some of it's quite flat in terms of the way it looks, um, which is funny because this was directed by Herbert Ross who did Footloose and Footloose has a lot of those sort of like really good cuts. Oh, I hadn't made that and, connection. And really good movement. Um, whereas this, and I don't know whether it was just because the the script was more restrictive, it sometimes did feel a bit slow. And you can do movies that are character driven and 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 dialogue heavy in ways that are still engaging to watch. But I don't necessarily think that this was directed in that kind of way. No, I, I'd agree with that. I think it was obviously trying very very hard to be faithful to the play. Whilst also expanding it to various different locations, but they basically just kind of went, we've got this town, we've got these locations, let's not think about much else and focus on the characters and getting the shots of them. 
But as you say, there's probably more they could have done with it. And yeah, it's interesting to talk about that because we talked about Footloose before, didn't we, on an episode? And we actually, yes, yeah. I think both of us were pleasantly su- surprised by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and um, given that it's been a very long time since I'd seen it, um, and um, and it still holds up, whereas this this feels more dated even though it's younger than Footloose. Um, just because of the way that it's directed you could take this subject matter and you could basically take the entire script and release it today and nothing would have changed and you could still still create a a fantastic modern movie out of it um but i feel like the direction lets it down you'd hope that the treatment of diabetes has moved on somewhat from the time but other than that (laughs) well yes but you could still set it historically couldn't you yeah yeah um but uh but yeah, it, it it reminded me a bit of um, um, Barefoot in the Park, where you know how that's, you watch it and you can tell that it's a film of a certain age, yep. even though other movies at that time were already making advancements in terms of their direction. I love the bit where um, Julia Roberts put a bin on her head. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what killed her off in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. It's too, too much bin on head action. Yeah. She got um, bin disease. Got bin disease. Um, but yeah, you, you know what I mean though, where that film felt, I, I really love Barefoot in the Park, but it does feel like a movie of its time. Um, and I feel as though Steel Magnolias has the same thing where yes, it's an adaptation of a play, but at times it feels too restricted by that. Whereas you could do it in a way that overcomes whatever boundaries there are of being a stage show and brings it into the medium of film in a much more interesting way like cats for instance which is the the obvious example of that being done well a timeless film clearly a, t- a timeless film <laughs> people will be watching that in 200 years and going this could be just like right now yeah we're living in this weird dystopia where we have milk bars and stuff and we're all foraging for food out of bins yeah that well, film well is, yeah it's after, after the after the bombs fill paddy the mutations take root and we all become jellical cats oh no Come friendly bombs and fall on cats. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right, and it pushes that kind of that small town thing where a lot of the the towns overall are perhaps behind the rest of the US or the cities or whatever. And as I said earlier, I think I felt like it kind of looked like the fifties, and that is a thing that works in its favour. But as you say, might also make it feel dated as well, and that's a dip, very difficult balance to strike on film. Yeah, and. And um, it, but it doesn't necessarily need to make it feel dated. Like you can, you see all sorts of films use that period piece in a way that's modern. Um, you know, like like the first It movie uses the eighties in that way, mm. and it works very well. Um, but here, did you ever see the it, second part? Really? Yeah, I watched that recently. Actually, it was oh, terrible. Right. Yeah, just it was about four hours long, wasn't it? And just really bloated. Yeah. It was awful, <laughs> really, yeah. really bad. I'm not sure how how they messed it up, given the cast that they had and the but, um, source yeah. material, and the source material, and and admittedly, the modern day stuff in the book is much less interesting than the kids' stuff. Yeah, um, but even so, they didn't even reach that bar, did they? Where you could consider, oh well, you know, the it, it, it's it's naturally a little bit weaker. It felt much worse across the board. It was like you know how in Cats and. Um, Every time Rebel Wilson was on screen, she was making some dumb joke. It was the same with Bill Hader in that. It's just like every line he said had to be a gag. And it's like, come on, stop trying to be funny. Give me a little bit of scary. 
Yeah, and and the first few times it happened, it kind of made sense because you could tell that he was still trying to do the the comic thing. Um, but they never then let that fall into vulnerability. Yeah, and that was the big problem with the film. Um, there they there was no real depth to the to the adult characters even though in the first film they did such a great job of of creating depth for all of the kid characters yeah um so yeah that was that was very disappointing actually yeah yeah too many gags and you know i love gags but sometimes you can have too many gags too many gags spoils the clown (laughs) exactly yeah that's what um was on the poster for joker wasn't it it's whacking phoenix in the trailer he turns to the camera and goes too many gags spoil the clown and then he cries (laughs) so joker right do you think it deserves to win all the oscars i mean let's have another look at what else has been nominated for best picture it's not the best movie of the year that goes to knives out knives out is amazing and it should have been nominated for more stuff um but let's have a look at yeah it doesn't seem to feature much in the yeah, it's, it's got. It was nominated for best original screenplay, I think. That's um, fair. So and well, a few I other seen bits it, and pieces. It. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, it's amazing. It's one of the best films <clears throat> I've seen in quite a while. Yeah. So um, best picture, it, you got Disney, Disney Pixar's Cars. <laughs> yeah, you got the you Irish got Man. <laughs> the Irish Man. Um, um, yeah, it's amazing that they put Disney Pixar's Cars and they've put. Um, Oh god, what's the Irish movie we watch for this podcast? Oh, um PS I love you. <laughs> yeah, PS I love you. <laughs> yeah. They finally allowed that one in. Gerard Butler can finally have his moment. Yeah. Okay, being so we've recognized got... as be- best actor for offending everyone in Ireland and me. <laughs> so we, so we've got Ford versus Ferrari. I have no interest in watching that film. No, it's about cars, um, boring. The Irishman, which I st- I'm going to get around to watching oh. at some point, but it's like 3 hours long I and it's about be bothered gangsters. With that shit. Um, apparently it's really dour and boring jojo rabbit is good which is apparently good i don't know if it's um, best picture good but it is good i'm a fan yeah um joker which is a good film i i would not recommend listening to the people who say that it's the worst thing ever and that it it glorifies x y and z it's got its issues i think it the way that it portrays mental health is a little bit dodgy but actually what what interested me about it was making a superhero movie where the main message is almost anti-capitalist mm, yeah and, and that's very interesting that they've managed to do that without annoying people <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty <laughs> and 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 his performance is good but all it is is um the king of comedy right yeah. or, or which taxi, i have seen or taxi driver but with joaquin phoenix as the joker which is an interesting enough concept but is it in any other year would it be the best picture Mm, I don't really know. Little Women is apparently amazing. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, heard nothing but good things. Um, Marriage Story looks like a load of old boring shit. Oh, good. Oh, we should watch lie. it. Then. I'm going to say we should watch it because well, it's yeah. on Netflix now. You, yeah, because it is Netflix. I really want us to it? watch that because then we'll have watched something that's current. Yeah. Um, and... well, do you, do you want to watch it for next week? Yeah, I think that might be an idea. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah. Um, it, it looks like the kind of film that I'm going to get bored with well, Adam very, Driver. very quickly. Yeah, but it's Scarlett just Johansson. we've got a... <laughs> We've got a difficult relationship, and Blue Valentine's well, and already. You. Yeah, we hate each other secretly. I fucking um, hate you. <laughs> I hate you, man. <laughs> That's, um, they should make that film about us. Podcast story. <laughs> yeah, podcast story. 
Um, it's just but, yeah. Every week it's me throwing a chair against the wall and saying how much I hate you. Yeah. Um. But but you've seen Blue Valentine, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great film. We haven't sure. talked about that, have we? I don't think we have. But no. why would you ever make a movie like Blue Valentine when Blue Valentine already exists and has done it perfectly? That that's my because Adam about Driver is here and he needs work. <laughs> He's the hardest working man ever, and he needs to be working all the time. He this needs to be working thing. constantly. Well, yeah. come do Wizard Cop, man. Exactly. What are you Wizard, doing, Adam Driver? Wiz- Wizard Cop and its You didn't need sequels. to make Marriage Story. Wizard Cop was on the table. <laughs> Wizard Cop and its 20 sequels will keep you busy yeah. for at least 10 years. The Wizard Cop universe <laughs> We're releasing never every six months. It never sleeps. It's like Star Wars. There'll be one every year. Yeah, no, one every, two every year. Two every we're gonna, year. We're when, gonna, you're, when you're done filming one, the promotional cycle starts, and then, yeah. You're just constantly filming, and then we just take it and make a movie out of it. There's no, novels. Co- there's no cohesion at all. Um, right, so after Marriage Story, we've got 1917, which apparently, <laughs> it's a war movie, so you're not interested. Exactly, that sounds pretty boring to me. But as war, as war films go, I don't think it looks that bad. It looks like it's something I might actually yeah, not and, hate. Because cause some war movies are very interesting. Um, like Dunkirk was really good. And that kind of set a template for how you could do a war movie that wasn't just a war movie. And 1917 seems to be going down that route where it's a very insular focused story. The only good war um, film is The Great Escape because it's not about the war. <laughs> it's about... It's about Steve giant McQueen rats. whistling with his muscles. Yeah. It's about giant rats. Um, yeah, so so 1917. Um, yeah, and Sam Mendes is a fantastic director. He's great, yeah. And it's based on his grandfather's real-life experiences, yeah. which is very interesting. Um, you've got uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a strange film. Um, I, ha- I very... haven't seen it, but I can definitely tell you that it's the worst film on that list. <laughs> I can say that with complete authority. I don't understand how you can say that when dad's driving cars, old men gangster, (laughs) and and our relationship is hard are on that list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I'd rather if I'd be more bored by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Dad's Driving Cars. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the movie. It's not a boring movie, actually, and it's it's interesting and much more subdued than his usual stuff, apart from the last 15 minutes, which are hilarious. You're right. No, um, I wouldn't be bored by it. I'd be infuriated by it, which I don't I think don't I would think, be by anything else on the list. I don't think you'd be infuriated by it either. It's quite an interesting film. I'm infuriated by all of his work. Why would this one be any different? That You haven't watched any of his work in about 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> no, the little bit of his his work I have seen has pissed me off enough. <laughs> Um, and the, uh, I was reading some very interesting theory about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where the way that it's structured um, is actually kind of reminiscent of uh, the movie industry as a whole during that time period. And it's an, it, I think it is a very clever film. Again, I would not put it anywhere near the best movie that I saw last year, but um, but it is interesting. It's an interesting film. Um, and then because the best film you saw last year was Under the Cherry Moon, <laughs> obviously. Um, and then Parasite, which is my pick for the best movie of the year. I haven't even that seen looks it great. yet, but it looks great. Um, actor in a leading role, Antonio Banderas. He's going to win because he's Antonio Banderas. He's, he's great. Clearly the, I've he's heard clearly Pain and Glory is very good. Yeah, so have I. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not a great performance of his. I wouldn't have put it on there. 
Adam Driver is sad and in a relationship, so of course that gets nominated. Um, Not as good as his performance in Wizard Cop, obviously. Joaquin Phoenix is a sad clown, and Jonathan Price is a pope. Is a sad pope. <laughs> is a sad pope. Um, actress in a leading role. Um, Jonathan Price might get it because it's his turn. He's never won it, has he? Can I? Yeah, but he's is he high profile enough to be one of those people that's basically obliged to get an oscar i don't, I don't think he is i don't know it's just a it's a possibility that that they do it on that basis um by the way midsummer and us should have been in there but again the oscars don't care for horror movies even though horror movies no. are some of the most interesting films ever but clearly because they gave something to get out they can't give anything to us because they feel as though they've given their obligation to yeah, horror they, movies they've for done the it. next it's 50 fine. years we've all moved on um so we've got um Cynthia Aviro for Harriet. I've not seen that. I don't know if it's any good. Heard but, good things. You know, it's a it's a biopic. Generally, when you're a lead in a biopic, you're there for a reason, and that reason is that you're a good actor to win an Oscar. Scarlett Johansson is in a it's sad relationship. Shersha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronan in Little Women. Um, she's very good, and she's had a ridiculous number of nominations for someone that young. Yeah, and um, she's in everything, and everything that she's in is good. Yeah. Um, Charlie Theron in Bombshell, I've heard that's good. Um, and Renee Zellweger in Judy. Renee Zellweger's going to win because it's a biopic about Judy Garland. Yeah. It's going to win Everyone that. loves Judy Garland. Supporting actor, Tom Hanks has a cardigan. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is a pope. I think that Al Pacino is an old gangster for a change. Joe Pesci is an old gangster for a change. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Brad Pitt. Brad is wearing Pitt's a, a handsome Hollywood man for a change. Um, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's by far and away the best bit about that movie. So I'm giving it to him. He's great. He's really, really good in that film. If hey, he roll, roll back. Anthony Hopkins is in it for the two popes. So both the popes are on there. <laughs> yeah. Which one's pope. the lead and which one's the support? Like surely that surely that's up for debate. <laughs> which one's the top and which one's the bottom? That's the yeah. question. <laughs> which one's the postman and which one's the letterbox? <laughs> um, actress in a supporting role, Kathy Bates. She's in a film um, <laughs> that I know nothing about. Laura Dern is sad in a different relationship, maybe. Yeah, or is someone's mum? Because that seems to be what she is in a lot of films now. But she's still fantastic. Laura Dern's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson is a rabbit a, a, called Jojo. A good, good performance as a rabbit. Excellent. Um, Obviously, Florence they should Pugh. have gotten a real rabbit to play it. And they, it's problematic obviously. that they didn't get a real rabbit to play a rabbit and they got Scarlett Johansson to do it instead. But she does a good job in that context. I mean, she needs to stop playing rabbits. people who aren't her. Yep. Um, you know, she, she's not playing someone of a different ethnicity. She's playing someone of a different species. Um, and I'm not sure that that's cool anymore, Scarlett. You need to stop doing it. It's Scarlett outrageous. Jay. It's not allowed. Um, Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh is another one of these people that's really good. And really young. Um, and really young. And so she's going to get an Oscar at some point. Will it be for Little Women? Maybe. And Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Margot Robbie's wonderful. Yeah. And um, Did you see I, Tanya? No, but That's I heard it was a really brilliant. good film. That really surprised me and was really well put together and great. And she was fantastic in that. Excellent. So, animated feature film, How to Train Your Dragon. Mate, those films are great. Have you watched any of the How to Train yeah, Your Dragon? Yeah, can't knock it. They're so good. They're better than anything that Pixar's put out. They're I wouldn't incredible. go that far. I would. It's got dragons. 
It's got dragons in it and Vikings. You know what Toy Story 4's not got? Vikings. <laughs> Vikings or dragons. Toy Story All 4, is... Dragon Island. Um, I Lost My Body, which I've heard is really good. I've heard that's really good, yeah. That's on Netflix too. Do you want to oh, watch is that? Do you want to watch that or do you want to watch sad? Oh, sad oh I want to watch Adam Driver being sad in a relationship, obviously. But maybe we'll do I Lost My Body afterwards. Yeah. Um, Klaus or Claws. I don't know what that is, uh, but I that's assume it's Christmas, about Santa. The Santa thingy that we almost watched over Christmas and then didn't. Missing Link, which I've heard is cool. No, I know it's nothing the, about that. It's the Aardman, isn't it? Oh, okay. Then it's probably very good because yeah. everything they do is very good. And then you've got Toy Story 4 boring it's a pixar movie <laughs> hey we're gonna put in something that will make you cry i haven't seen it i haven't but i assume that at some point the toys are in danger and all the children start crying in the cinema yep. and then the parents go oh this is whimsical and reminds me of my own childhood but also <laughs> of the fragility of youth and how our children are going to grow up soon no shit sherlock it's a pixar film as a parent Yes. <laughs> Which of those Tixbox exercises for this Tixar movie are you going to sign off Tixar. on? They're called that because they tick all the boxes. Shitzar. <laughs> Do you like any Pixar films? I like Pixar films, but they're massively overrated. Have you seen Inside Out? Created. Yeah, Inside Out's fine. Inside Out is great. I love that. It's got that sad man who dies. <laughs> You can say that about any film. I'm your your forgotten uh, imaginary friend. Oh, shit, I'm disintegrating. Bye. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. If there are any six-year-olds listening who haven't seen it. Who haven't seen Inside Out. Yeah, Inside Out's good. Wait, have you seen Coco? No. You should see Coco. Coco is one of Pixar's best, in my opinion. It's fantastic. They're all good. They're all very well-made films, but they, they... I think it was around the time that they released Finding Nemo, they realised that they could cynically create emotion out of devastating scenes and have it <laughs> levitate the rest of the work to to a higher plane. Imagine wanting your films to have emotional impact. <laughs> but it's it's not I, I never feel as though it's it's organically created emotional impact, apart from finding Nemo. After that, like the beginning of Up is great, but what does that do for the rest of the movie it's incredibly jarring and i find with a lot of them they're very very jarring in that way where they put it in and it's like oh here's the sad bit everybody here you go oh it's over now now we'll go back to whimsy <laughs> and as as we know there's nothing you hate more than whimsy it's nothing i hate more than whimsy. so if it was just the sad bit for like 80 minutes you'd be okay with that the start of up is the best short film ever made it is very good but then you've got some kid running about and a dog chasing squirrels for like 80 minutes afterwards. And like, I don't give a shit about this. A dog can talk. What more do you want? It can't talk. It's got a voice box thingy, hasn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't think in sentences. It just goes squirrel and goes, hello, I'm a dog. Well, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> Death to capitalism. That's the thing about dogs. Squirrel. It, see, it's an anti-capitalist film. You said that's what you like about Joker. Why is that okay for Joker, but not okay for Up? <laughs> because up doesn't have a sad clown in it so okay the formula for your perfect film no emotional no emotionally resonant scenes sad clowns <laughs> and that's, robocop that's and robocop <laughs> yeah mate robocop is better than anything disney has ever made <laughs> you take your aladdin get out snow white in the seven dwarves Excuse me, but none of the dwarves have a little compartment in their leg where they can pull out a giant gun. 
<laughs> Therefore, very bad. Alice in Wonderland, where's the guy getting splatted after he's fallen into a vat of toxic waste? Yeah, I mean, nobody in Toy Story 4 says they'd buy it for a dollar. So No, no. Not even when they're doing the yard sale. None of the people at the yard sale say, oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, it would have been very, very easy, but they didn't, they didn't they choose didn't the easy way it. out. No, they? They, they didn't. They were overthinking it, and that's the problem. Yeah. Come come at me, Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a, an angry phone call from Steve Jobs tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to get an angry phone call <laughs> from Peter Pixar. Hi, I'm Peter Pixar. And I love whimsy. I love whimsy and I love emotional manipulation. Why don't you love whimsy, Rob? Peter Pixar is <laughs> very sad that you don't love whimsy. He's going to turn up at my doorstep. He's going to cry he's now. <laughs> with a box full of my childhood toys and he's going to take them one by one and just rip off the limbs and say does this make you cry does this make you cry does this make you cry he's going to capture your cat oh yeah yeah that's the thing if anything happens to my cat that's it that would make me turn robocop (laughs) this also sounds like a film that we could make (laughs) weird like Film studio exec can't stand the fact that people online don't like him, so he steals all their cats. That would, yeah, that that could work. Joaquin Phoenix as the <laughs> studio exec. Of course, as the skeletal sad clown studio exec. Yeah. So, right, okay, so um, let's move on to directing. So directing, we've got The Irishman, we've got Angry Old Mob. Martin Scorsese. We've got we've got Sad Clown, we've got 1917, we've got Quentin Tarantino, and we've got Parasite. Um, Bong Joon-ho I'm, should get it, but, but he won't. No. So, I mean, Sam Mendes, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Could could see that happening. Could be seen as his turn. Um, documentary feature. Do you want to talk about documentaries? Yeah, sure. What's um What's on there? Well, I don't. I probably know haven't any seen of any these. of them. I don't. I haven't seen any of them myself. I've heard of Forsama, which was shown on Channel Four. Yeah. Um, and looked absolutely brutal and extremely compelling, and I've heard nothing but good things about that. Even though, obviously, a very harrowing watch. Yes, and um, I I heard of the Edge of Democracy. That's the one about Brazil, isn't it? Right. Yeah. About um, them electing this fascist nut job. Yeah, and so so that's all fascinating but yeah i don't really know them but i i always i like the fact that it puts this additional focus on these documentaries yeah um, because often they're they're very interesting um and the same with them animated short films as well yes yeah um uh so let's scroll on a bit and let's find out what else we've got coming up um we've got um international fil- feature film um so parasites in there it'll probably win that they'll give it that and not yeah they'll use that as an excuse to give it something um pain and glory is in there um les miserables the the french version of it that came out. the french version that doesn't have songs nope can you hear the people sing no you can't because they're not singing in this version (laughs) you'll ever hear of the source material it's a book what's not a stage show I i don't read books I don't mean books. Les Miserables. Books. <laughs> Who's Les Miserables? <laughs> Sounds like a bloke you'd meet in the chippy. Crying into his chips. Yeah, Les, Les Miserable. He's there. He's like, oh, they've run out of battered sausages. Yeah. It's Les, um, Les Dennis on a bad day. 
um yeah i read this book right it was by this guy called les miserables um about a fella a called victor hugo it's a bit weird the name the guy victor hugo wasn't mentioned at all in he the wasn't book. even in it yeah really weird um and then uh honeyland that's all literary and clever yeah <laughs> got honeyland and then corpus christi not um, heard of the final of two so i've heard of corpus christi i've not heard of honeyland um but yeah i mean it's going to be parasite isn't it they'll give it to parasite and then they won't give it to uh the the, the best film to it yeah um music you've got uh the score to joker um who, who did that so uh hilda uh guanatotir oh right yes i've heard of her um supposed to have done a lot of quite good stuff but i couldn't tell you off the top of my head let's have a look um but the score of joker's good it's yeah. interesting that they used um they they used a gary glitter song oh really um <laughs> yes um but yeah she 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 had an amazing year because she also did chernobyl oh right yeah um and again the the score in that is is perfect for for that series and and the score to joker is very very good as well um you've got little women um alexandra de platt <clears throat> randy newman did the score to marriage story all right um i hope it's marriage all story basically... <laughs> just like that song he did from toy story <laughs> yeah our marriage is falling apart <laughs> our marriage is falling apart <laughs> i hate you and you hate me so let's go and get a divorce <laughs> if it's not like that i'm gonna be so disappointed <laughs> so am i um and then you've got uh the score to 1917 and then john williams for rise of skywalker cool has john williams ever won it he must have done surely at some point he must have um then uh, original song we've got uh i can't let you throw yourself away from toy story 4 oh. which is old randy um i'm gonna love me oh, again no, i hope randy gets it for his song from marriage story because that's a banger <laughs> a marriage is falling apart <laughs> um uh, elton gonna, john, you know i'm gonna take that and like remix it uh, i hope so please do um elton john uh, i'm gonna love me again from rocket man rocket man i'm surprised not to see more here i've heard um, it's really good taron egerton is amazing in it i'm i'm i i think the fact that rami malek got <laughs> got uh nominated for um what was the queen movie called bohemian, bohemian rhapsody, rhapsody. Yeah. yeah yeah rocket man's not got a sniff i think is a bit strange because rocket man is a fantastic film um uh and what else have we got here so we've got frozen 2 as well that is a good song is it a good I, i've still it not is, seen yeah. it see it's worth it's worth seeing for sure we can do it for the, for the podcast when um when it comes on to streaming or whatever because it's got romance in it um then we've got uh visual effects we've got cats five times what, what? <laughs> um <laughs> we've got avengers endgame uh, the Irishman. I guess that's for the the de aging that they did in the Irishman. Yeah, see that um, that shit all just sounds creepy. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't really. It's like going it. to be I fine don't... when we do it in a film with Ryan Gosling's head on a child's body because at that point everyone will be ready for it. But yes, but for the Irishman, people just weren't ready. No, uh, you've got the Lion King. <laughs> if you wanted to see boring, realistic, lions. <laughs> you wanted to see yeah, a creepy real lion singing. <laughs> um, nineteen seventeen, and then Star Wars. 
uh, if you wanted to see a really, really fucking old Palpatine shooting lightning <laughs> as he's swinging around on a metal arm, on a weird crane. Um, hey, if you like, if you like chimpanzee, uh, <laughs> chimpanzee welders, <laughs> chimpanzee welders, <laughs> visual effects in Rise of Skywalker, top notch. Um, <laughs> My dad was down last night, and we were talking about the monkey welders. <laughs> he was saying that, like, well, by the time Eric's a little bit older, he's going to be like all really into the monkey welders, and there's going to be all monkey welders films in the whole universe, and he's going to want all the monkey welders toys. I I do think that um, I I I liked all of the weird stuff that was in Rise of Skywalker, um, like the monkey welder, like the giant slug man. That was great. Babu Frick. Um, but yeah, Babu Frick walking around being a little Babu Frick. Um, yeah, I did enjoy all of that. So Monkey Welders, give us more of those, please. Yeah. Um, so, so adapted screenplay, we've got The Irishman, got Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women and The Two Popes. What's Joker adapted from, from, from the comic books? Um, it's adapted from real life at the time that clown got sad. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah. So, so, so it all counts as an adaptation of a previous work because it's, based on comic character i suppose i don't think that's um, if it's just the character i don't think that's the same as it being adapted from a book though no no i don't i don't necessarily think that it it sort of sits in the same way but i guess there's elements of it and strands that are based on various comic pieces yeah um but yeah what what's funny is you've seen people saying oh is joker finally going to make um is it finally going to make the Oscars pay attention to comic book movies? And is no, is Joaquin is is isn't. Joaquin Phoenix going to make them pay attention to comic movies? Ignoring the fact that Heath Ledger's already won an Oscar for portraying exactly the same character, yeah. and they said ago. that about Black Panther, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the comic book movies have have already been established much more than other genre films in <clears> the Oscars. Yeah, like horror movies sci-fi movies are never treated as leniently yeah as they've given a couple of have. peripheral things to star wars because it's star wars but they haven't done yeah, it for like, any other sci-fi films like in terms of sci-fi films what you've got gravity um but again that was all down to the the directional talent of sam mendes wasn't no not uh, uh alfonso cuaron wasn't it right um, yeah gravity um with that whole one shot thing um but in general yeah these where movies was the oscar not... for jupiter ascending yeah, where, where's our, our hoverboot dog boy? Yeah, best dog in hoverboots, Channing Tatum. <laughs> exactly. Um, then writing original screenplay, we've got uh, Knives Out. Knives Out to win, please. It's a great film. Um, I'm amazed that that wasn't nominated for more things like... Um, best accent from Daniel Craig. Be- right best here. accent. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe Maybe I missed it, but it wasn't up for production design even um or or makeup and hairstyling costume that kind of thing whereas it, it all of that element of it is pitch perfect as well so i'm a bit disappointed that we've not seen it get more nominations really because it is a wonderful film um but then you've also got marriage story um sad people are sad uh 1917 war is a war once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> actors are going to act parasite and um and then say cause... things that people think are quotable but actually aren't <laughs> <laughs> and then Parasite. So uh, I, I'd really like to see Knives Out win that. Um, that would be cause, cool. Because that's a great thing. So that, that that that's a little overview of the Oscars. Yeah, that's where how we're are, at. How are our predictions going to line up afterwards? We'll see. Yeah, when the, we'll do we'll do a special. 
is it going to be double Pope action for wins? Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll two, find out. Two Popes, one Oscar. <laughs> so I realised we talked about the Oscars <laughs> for a very More long time. More time talking about the Oscars than Steel Magnolias, which did it win any Oscars itself. Awards yeah. and nominations. Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actress nominated Julia Roberts. You don't know what else was in there that year, I suppose. But I thought it was a good performance from her. And yeah. it's quite a relatively yeah. early performance of hers, isn't it? Where she was still the Julia Roberts that we know and love, right? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So this is, um, you know, back in the 80s, she had all of those amazing performances. Things like Mystic Pizza through to... Um, I haven't seen that. I think that's I've one not, that we should I've talk not about. seen it either. Um, but, you know, it's one of those supposed iconic 80s films. Um, so we should watch that sometime. Yeah, for sure. What's uh, what's really great about Steel Magnolias as well is there are lots of scenes of older women enjoying having fun and laughing and enjoying each other's company, which I still think is actually a relatively rare thing on film. And that was something that struck me as well. Yes, yeah. And you're right that it's not really something that's showcased in films very often. No. And, and And that's something that still felt quite, powerful about it and quite strong about it was the way that it managed to portray that in such a such an interesting way yeah particularly yeah olympia dukakis's character and shirley mclean's character they were always just kind of sniping at each other like this kind of weird old married couple and at one point i think there was a scene where it sort of like vaguely implied that they were lovers but didn't quite go there but it was like you wanted to believe it didn't you yeah yeah especially um, after seeing her in cloudburst which obviously is retrofitting that but it's all kind <laughs> it, of it all fits it. together that's such a good together. film Mate, cloud cloudburst is incredible i need to go back and watch it again actually yeah yeah that was one of the very first films we watched on yeah. this isn't it but yeah so uh, what what else have you got anything else you want to say about um, i thought daryl hannah was good as well yes yeah never gets enough recognition i think daryl no she's married to neil young Oh, really? Yeah, which I always think is really cool. I imagine they're a really like, enjoyable and fun couple to be around. Yeah, I imagine they are. Um, yeah. But yeah, she, she's As long great. as Neil Young's not talking about his triangular MP3 player speaker <laughs> thing. <laughs> you remember that? I remember that. What's interesting the is Pono. that... If, if you look at little Bluetooth speakers now, that kind of long, thin template has kind of become a, a norm, but yeah. obviously not at the exorbitant price that uh, <laughs> they were charging for it um yeah so she was great and it was funny how she kind of bookends the film but it's not really her story but it is because she's the one that provides that anchor for the townspeople and all of them becoming a family but at first you're like oh is it her story she's just kind of walking along and she's in glasses and she's shy and then suddenly you're in to sally field is the concerned mother and it's actually her story but really it's the whole town's story Yes, and and what she does is she provides the audience with a way into this this sort of society, because um, she acts as that outsider that you come into the story with, and and that's done in a very you know subtle way. It, it doesn't feel overbearing that you're this fish out of water too. Yeah, and it was um it was it was a little bit rude when it needed to be, but it never kind of really crossed any lines. But it was really funny when um there were lots of little bits that really made me chuckle. Like when he's got the armadillo cake, the groom's cake, for the wedding, <laughs> yeah. and he gets that she gives him the bum of the, the armadillo, and he's like, "What a great piece of ass!" Yes, that made I me love chuckle. There were loads of little cake. things like that that really made me chuckle. And Dolly Parton seemed to have quite a few of those lines as well, and she was great. 
in that kind of Dolly Parton way, where it's like you're still aware that it's Dolly Parton and she's that kind of wholesome, like brilliantly kind of matriarchal figure, but she still brought a lot to the role that wasn't just that as well. Yeah, yeah. What's great about Dolly Parton is the way that it provides that that sharpness and cheek alongside warmth. Yeah. Um, that it's is not easy to do. And yeah, it, it's a very good performance from her. Yeah, that's great. I've never seen nine to five either. I think that was before this. Yeah, I've not seen that. Um, so right, what else have you got to say? Well, I think that's more or less it, really. It's it's definitely worth seeing. It's a, it's a yeah, a little bit dated, but definitely a very definitely worth your time and quite enjoyable. But um, the stuff about the stuff with um the way that she dies and the way it's portrayed, you see like the the baby crying and stuff for us as like parents of a young baby. That was, that, that was actually really, really brutal for us. And we both found it very, very sad. It was like, a, like Saturday night watch last week. And it kind of, that bit kind of absolutely destroyed us. And the end wasn't uplifting enough to then. Get us out of that. <laughs> it had no impact on me. Yeah. So all of I'm that was childless. actually surprisingly heavy. I don't think you might have felt that as a non-parent. I'm not saying you have to be a parent to feel that, but it, it had a particular resonance with us. I I have no such qualms. And when I have children, I will have no such qualms. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have children, you're going to put them to work down the mines, aren't you? Exactly. They're down the mines, making me dollar. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the way that it's going to work with me is when we have a house with multiple bedrooms, the cat gets a bedroom and the child gets the mat on the floor. <laughs> yeah, and a flap to go outside. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Go outside and play with the other children. Yes. Get, it, get, get the kid microchip so it can come in and out as it pleases. Yeah, take it to the vet. And there'll be a little seat at the table for the cat. Yeah, well, the kid has to eat uh, lick food out of a bowl. Yeah, exactly. Cat goes to school. <laughs> cat goes to school. Kid stays in a little at home. uniform. Yeah, we'll be there for the cat's graduation. Yeah, doesn't pass any of its exams, but you you pretend it did anyway. You tell exactly. all the family that it did. I'll have you know that our cat is incredibly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> How's she could doing e- in uh, physics class? Could easily get a two-two. Yeah, it's gonna gonna make it a two-two. As- the smartest says Desmond Tutu. You can, you can buy that on Amazon now. Oh, she's asleep. Oh yeah. I yeah, love we're this dog. Animal. We're dog sitting at the moment. Oh, are you? Yeah. He's asleep on the sofa behind me. Oh. He's a handsome chap. He is a handsome chap. Did I send? Did you see that picture I posted on Instagram that I took of him? Um, where he's, he's holding his like dentist stick, the thing that they chew on, but it looks like he's smoking a cigar. Oh, I love it when dogs do that. Yeah, when they smoke I, I cigars. I haven't seen the I haven't seen the the photo, but yeah, our, our dogs always used to have to dentist sticks, and yeah, they used to pick them up and always look like they were <clears> smoking. Yeah, animals are good. They are. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, that that thing with the baby like absolutely emotionally destroyed us, and I think that was kind of you could tell that was personal to the writing and where it came from, and that shines through in a in a good way, I think. It seems yes. that this film has real heart and that it comes from a good place. Yes, yeah, that's true. So I've got a bit of trivia for you. Cool, cool, yep, hit me up. There are, there are no steel magnolias in this movie. What? I, I noticed that name. and I was furious, honestly. I was livid. But it finished st- and I was like, where were the steel magnolias? But steel, steel magnolias, that's got to be one of the most heavy-handed like metaphors in a film name. Yeah, 
but it works. Yeah, it does. Again, it sounds more like the name of a play or of a book. Yes. Where actually, yeah. these days they'd probably change the name of it for the film. Yeah, to to armadillo cake. To yeah, piece of ass. <laughs> um. So right, how are we going to rank this? Uh, let's see. How many steel magnolias don't appear on screen in your film? <laughs> um. So for me, um, thirteen and. I wanted to give it higher because this movie has a lot of heart and a lot of quality, but it does feel old because yeah. of the way that it's portrayed. And I found that I was drifting away and, and, and the performances and the script did pull me back in, but it felt as though yeah. this, this movie feels of its time. You're um, right. And I think because it relies so much on dialogue and characterization, when those things slip a little bit, as they will always do, because you can't, have that whole thing have that whole thing exactly the same and being really really snappy every line for two hours when it does slip a little bit it does perhaps lose you a bit yeah and 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 that's where it that's where it ended up for me and so it's still a good movie and i'd still recommend people go and watch it but do bear in mind that um there are no steel magnolias in this (laughs) yeah if if you're expecting it to be about that you're you're way off (laughs) off. um, i'm gonna give it a 15 i'll go a little bit higher yeah, three quarters of the way there for me, for sure. Living on a... Yeah. Living on a prayer of a prayer. <laughs> it's a Bon Jovi of a Bon Jovi and then a Bon Jovi. Yeah. Yep. Um, so so up next, we've got we've got Marriage Story, then, yeah. right? <laughs> Adam Driver is sad and in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, as it that's the original title. Known. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, it'd be interesting for us to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's let's um let's watch that movie because soon it might have won lots of things. And then people will be talking about it even more. Yeah, and then we can be all like, Yeah, but did it have any steel magnolias in it? Yeah. I don't think it did. So Nul Poir. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Did it have was Adam Driver's face superimposed onto a baby at any point? <laughs> I bet it wasn't. Did it ever point? Did he ever pull out a lightsaber? (laughs) Are there any? Are there any monkey welders? That's that's the most important thing. Really, it should be called monkey welder story. But yeah, (laughs) yeah, the fact that it isn't, I think, is an embarrassment. Yeah. So yeah. So we're looking forward to watching this clearly embarrassing and terrible film. (laughs) Yeah. Oscars. What do they know? Yeah. Who's Oscar anyway? Yeah, the only Oscar I care about is Oscar Isaac. Yep. <laughs> He's good. Right, so, okay. So yeah, we've been on for quite some time, so we should we should leave it there, I think. Yes. But thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We really, really appreciate it, and we hope that you do watch Steel Magnolias and enjoy it, or if you've seen it, that you enjoyed it. And hope you enjoyed our Oscars chat, and that you agree with all our predictions, and that they all come true. Yeah, who do you want to win the Oscars? Who do you predict will win the Oscars? Yeah, hit us up with Let your Oscar, with your Oscar chat, and we will be back. Oh yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. Um, email us if you want at Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at Gmail dot com. Always love to hear from you, and please be sure to drop us a rating and or review wherever you get your podcasts because it helps. Yeah, give us give and it us makes reviews. us feel nice. 
do do we have enough monkey world of content for your liking yeah yeah they definitely need need qualitative and quantitative feedback on monkey world of content yeah that's the most important thing that's the the primary focus of this podcast now yeah monkey worlders don't cry <laughs> all right we'll be back next week to talk about marriage story all right bye 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 and that ended up being a long one (laughs) it really did our marriage is falling apart our marriage is falling apart I hate you, and you hate me, so let's go and get a divorce.